Hello, podcast listeners, episode 63 of the Access Potential Podcast. I was more or less offline all of last week, so no episode. When out, I was over in Great Barrier Island, New Zealand, uh, which is off the grid and had a little bit of downtime, a little bit of adventure time while spearfishing, did a surprise visit uh, with my parents, which is really cool. And right now I'm back in Auckland. So I'm going to fly back to Sydney on Wednesday. I'm here in Auckland, set up a three-day working retreat, which is cool, something I'll talk about on a future episode. Effectively uh, set up a specific location, blocked out a lot of time, uh, quiet space, and really set up the setting for some deep work, which I'm really excited about because for me, the APA program, the Access Potential Academy, kicks off in a couple of weeks, and I've got a couple of other really cool projects happening as well. So there's a lot going on. So this is a great time to get a lot of this stuff out and really get stuck in, which is cool. So this episode 63 of the Access Potential Podcast, I'm sitting down with Dom Wells and Marcus Speck. I'm not going to go too deep on this, except to mention that I met Dom five years ago. So we've got a bit of history, which is cool. When I owned the gym in Melbourne, uh, Dom is in the Navy, Marcus is in the Air Force, and we kept in touch. You know, Dom is from, they're both from New Zealand, and now they are new business owners and they're building uh, their gym, which is Corpusano CrossFit, which is just a really cool facility. These guys are super genuine, super generous with their time. Really, really good athletes as well, and they're building a really cool community over here in Takapuna. So it was cool to sit down and I think this episode really brings some value to people who are looking to make that transformation from being the consumer, the participant in something and want to transform, want to become the owner, want to create that same thing. So maybe you go to a cafe, you love coffee, you get your espressos and you want to be an owner, you want to open a cafe or in this case, of course, you go to the gym you you know do movement you go to crossfit you go to yoga whatever it is and you think yeah you know what i think i could do this i think i could build something here uh i've got the passion i think i've got some understanding i think i can bring some value create something cool and that's exactly what these guys are doing so we talked through the challenges there the unseen challenges or the unforeseen challenges we talk a little bit about um overcoming those we talk about some of the wins as well and I think generally you get to unpack, you know, this kind of mindset and some of the work that's involved behind the scenes in order to do this shift because it's not as easy as what a lot of people think. Uh, and then also it's for some people, for the person in the right position, it's a lot easier than what others perceive as well. So it's very doable. Uh, but there is a lot of work and there's a lot behind the scenes. So check it out, episode 63. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to John Marsh. This is the Access Potential Podcast. I'm over in Takapuna, New Zealand, sitting down with Dom and Marcus at Corporosano CrossFit. So this is kind of cool for me because growing up, uh, I lived a little bit north of here still, but spent a fair bit of time around Takapuna. Um, I think Les Mills gym was the first actual gym I ever went to when I was maybe 17. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But, um, unfortunate. Down the road. Yeah. And then I used to go to the Indian shop inside the mall afterwards for the feed. Oh, yeah. Game train. What, work out into a curry? Yeah. I've certainly heard on that one before. <laughs> um, so it's cool to come back. And, and I've been, uh, this time around, been out at Great Barry for a week stopping through here and really um, pumped to finally line up the podcast with you guys and find out more about what you're doing and your journey as well. And I think it will bring a lot of value to people who, you know, looking to create something, looking to take that step from being sort of the, the athlete or the person within a business, whether that's a gym or otherwise, like the consumer kind of thing, to the owner, because it's a massive flip. So first off, um, well, I'd love to hear more about, a little bit more about your story. I guess 
if you're listening, quick context is I've known Dom since when I owned the gym in Melbourne workshop and when was that? 2015? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and Dom, Dom rocked up. You were living in there for... A year. I lived in Melbourne for a year. Yeah, and so we, so we trained together. And so I've known Dom for five years, mm. which is pretty wild. Time flies. Yeah, and then he did some traveling. And anyway, well, I'm sure we'll get to all that. So maybe um, talk me through whoever wants to go. Like, how do you guys know each other? What's the, what's the backstory before you even, like, thought about, you know, doing this gym together? How do we meet Dom? I don't know if I was in a gym. I was in a military gym. Go back. Yeah, Blenheim. Blenheim. Yeah, to the Air Force Base down in Blenheim. When was that? Oh, 2015. It must have been before 16? 2014. Yeah, definitely. Because the two years then. I did the initial course instructor down there. So I think it's the second year I was there. We'll say 2015. Because you're Air Force? Yeah. And yeah, I'm Air Force. Navy. Yeah. yeah. So what was, why were you guys in the same course? So, so when I did PT course, I got posted to Blenheim. Then they were running another course in the same place which Don was involved with. PT being? My job, PT was my job. Physical yeah. training. Yeah, physical, yeah, sorry, physical training instructor. And Don was um, directing staff for the, the sure, trainees course. that were coming through, yeah. So, so we were just in the gym, got linked together through a mutual friend and then it kind of organically grew from there, I guess. Were you doing, were you brought together from a mutual um, appreciation of the same type of training? Were you doing like this kind of stuff? Well, yeah, it was from Tomo, so the, the guy that owned. So the previous this. owner of this place yeah. put us in touch and then we did a couple of sessions together and then. Went from there. Were you, was one of you already training here then? Yeah, I was. Okay. Yeah. So I've been here since 2014. Okay. When did you first pick up? exercise or functional fitness, CrossFit, whatever you want to call it, when did you first start to like dive into any of that stuff? I think like officially my start was when this place opened, which was 2014. Yeah. Um, joining the military was probably the big eye opener as to, you know, you think you're sort of fit just from running and doing surf life saving bits and pieces like that. And then you get to the Navy in this case and watching these people like run past you, you know, and just generally a lot fitter in every aspect of, of life because they've done so much more varied training and um, so once you've been through that you kind of start to realize that actually your standard wasn't that high and go on a little search for what what's next yeah okay cool um backstory i guess just quickly on that so tomo who opened this gym originally he was also in the navy Yep, still is still yeah. is yeah. and did he open the gym having seen what you saw also like that these these people are Better, faster, like I should create a place to train that aligns with that, or was or was he open before? Yeah, I think he. So he's been, you know, he's been bodybuilding since he was like fifteen. He's always been in that fitness space. Just chat. And yeah, he's yeah, a he's human. a big human, eh? <laughs> um, and still walks around at eighty kilos. It's insane. Um, you know, obviously, and you've met him, and he's always just been that sort of way inclined to to push the envelope in whatever sort of sub facet of, of training that he's chosen at the time uh, and obviously so he was a physical training instructor as well so yeah. was. Uh, and I think it was more of a opportunity or something that he has always wanted to do is have his own gym as opposed to just working for the Navy gym yeah um, so I think that's what started his journey to open this place okay cool so gym opened 2014 you guys met 2014 2015 around before you came over to Australia yeah it, was, it would have been that Started that very year before I moved over. Yeah, you um, talk to me a little bit about, so you met around this concept of this type of training, so we're sitting in a CrossFit gym, or CrossFit box. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you're, I'm interested, because in, the, in, the, in the, the kind of intersection of your work, like the kind of work that you're doing, whether it's Air Force or Navy, and you mentioned the level of fitness that you saw, and then the training, what do you actually do in the Air Force? So my job in the Air Force, at the time when I met Dom was training recruits from complete civvy street to, the aim was to get them to pass the fitness test, yeah. which was 40 push-ups or 30 push-ups and then run a five kilometre weighted march. Run, walk, shuffle, the protocol said. So that was my job and that's when I met Dom. 
then where am I going with this? Where's, what was the actual question again? This is just what was your job? Well, oh yeah, so then, yeah. so now, and then I got posted out of, out of Glenham up to Fenilpai in Auckland. Still so, doing PT? Yep, still doing PT, but I run the gym now up yeah. in Fenilpai, so, for the whole base program. And you do now? Yep, still do that. Cool. Yep, still do that. Full time. Yeah. And, what about you? A bit, a little bit more varied, so I joined as a logistics officer. Yeah. Um, which is, the old way of describing that is, if we don't drive it and we don't fix it, we do everything else that facilitates those two. So food, fuel, pay, all that sort of financial sort of stuff as well, which is very like office based. And after being in for about a year and a half, I've decided that this probably wasn't what I was after. You know, they use the tagline of, uh, you know, if you don't want to get an ordinary corporate job, then join the military. It turns out I was sitting at the desk. <laughs> the, only, the only difference was I was in a steel bucket that was floating, yeah. but I was still in an office. So I basically just wanted to find anything else that involved me being outside of, of an office. And so a lot of that went towards recruit training. Yeah. So I ended up at the um, Leadership Development Squadron, or LDG for short, and spent probably the best part of three, four years there, which was around the same sort of time that I met Marcus. So mainly kind of two types of courses, the initial training, which is, as he said before, getting someone from walking in off city street. Silly street means civilian. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. So someone that's not on the military. Yeah, so, you know, often it's a bunch of, well, there's a high majority of like high school graduates or just before uni, maybe just after uni sometimes. So they come in not really knowing exactly what they want to do. So maybe recruit, recruits them and um, often gets, you know, there's some university schemes and that sort of stuff. So we get, this, that's probably the 80% of our intake. Yeah. Um, is a, and often they haven't really been exposed to, you know, fitness and that sort of, sort, of, sort of stuff as well so cool okay so let's go to then you went to australia dom and i met you at the gym you're living in melbourne mm. and talk a little bit about that trip because i know you came back here briefly hey and then you continued to travel yeah so i ended up so i went out there for a year um I moved out there for a girl actually which never obviously, obviously didn't work out um but so came out i think it was sort of end of summer, wasn't it? It would have been February, March time. Um, joined workshop um, and then just sort of worked retail. I took what we call um, leave without pay from the Navy. So it was a year of unpaid Kind leave. of pausing. Yeah, basically just sort of like pause your career and you, you've still got a spot when you come back as opposed to leaving completely. Yeah. So did that for 2015. Um, called it quits, I think, December. And then came back, right back in pretty much the start of 2016, I think it was, back into the Navy. I managed another year and a little bit and then the itchy feet got me again so then I um, went off and joined Super Yachts for a couple of years. What I'm interested in is when you were traveling and you were doing lots of, uh, you were going to lots of different places, you're on the Super Yachts, um, you were still training and you were going, dropping into tons of different gyms and the cool thing I think is, you know, obviously we'll get to later but like being able to see almost sample like see heaps of different stuff and how that shaped what you've seen so maybe um let's dive into like were there anything that you learned or noticed having been let's say like the consumer so to speak having but you knew what was going on it's like you it's like you're a consumer but you also need to back in a little mm, bit from, yeah. from your work and from this place um is there anything that you noticed or that really stood out to you uh, across gyms in the states or europe or australia or things that you were like you know that influenced i guess your journey maybe to become an owner or to go further in the path things that you love things you, you hated um anything that stands out from that whole trip yeah so in the year between when i came back from from many year in melbourne and stuff and then going away i, I coached here yeah four times so i had a bit of experience in, in that and did my level one all that sort of stuff and then when I went away again, yeah, as you said, I basically took every opportunity to jump into every gym I could. We didn't get a huge amount of time off. Um, and then I would end up, what ended up actually happening was uh, a lot of time, some of the crew on board would sort of ask me to help with their training or they would ask to train with me and that sort of stuff. And we'd use the best we could, given that you can't have bumper bars on a teak 
wood and you know you can't be throwing kettlebells through windows and that sort of stuff so <laughs> so yeah some some of them had rowers some of them didn't and so we just made the best we could um, with that and so I really just relished any opportunity to get off the boat and actually go to a real proper gym mm. and climb up ropes or use the rig or rings or just throw a barbell around for something quite satisfying about sling, yeah. slinging some tins so I think there's probably two two main things that stood out throughout the whole thing one was no matter where you went I always found it such a great reception. Uh, there's always a few standoff people in the corner and stuff, but overall, everyone's super happy to meet new people, and that's just such a huge change from your average 24-hour swipe card access gym, yeah. where everyone walks in, doesn't say a word to each other, and it's almost considered strange. Yeah. If you're like, talking to someone at your eye, or you just don't do it, you know what I mean? So, you know, the <laughs> people are all just there with their headphones, and, you know, we walk into a CrossFit gym, and everyone's like, hey, how are you? Like, where have you come? So, like, where do you train normally? And so everyone's just, just keen to get involved and you know, I just really like that side of things and, and it, it was quite nice. When you live on a yacht, you know, you have your people that you work with but you don't get access to your friends and family yeah. obviously at all. Yeah. And so just walking in some, with some like-minded people who just want to like throw some barbells and stuff um, was a really cool experience and was just, for me it was a nice break. Yeah. Just a completely different change to get away. Uh, and I guess the back, well not back end of the house but more the detail side of things was, uh, and Michael's will know this now because I bang on about it all the time, is like the cleanliness of the gym. CrossFit has a, it's kind of changed a little bit, but certainly back in the day, it was very much like grassroots, throwing down on a dirt field if you had to, you know, and it was, it was pretty expected that the gym wasn't overly clean or, mm. or you know, it could be quite dusty and stuff. Uh, and I just went, I was very lucky that I got to go to some really, really nice gyms where they kept it and the difference there is huge uh, I just and for example I went to one in uh, Fort Lauderdale and took some friends from the yacht with me and it was an epic class real nice coach lovely people to work out with really fun workout and I walked out of the gym and said turned to my friend and I said oh, what do you think and she was like oh floor's a bit dusty wasn't it like, mm. and so that was just a real like you know eye opener for me to, to think you can have the best facility in the world but if, it's, if, it, if you haven't at least made the effort to you know it doesn't have to be sparkling and polished but yeah. it's not just at least not dusty then yeah. yeah so a bit of a random side side track there but that was definitely one of the things I came back with thinking once I come back and if I do pursue if we pursue this journey mm. of um, you know going into business and taking over the gym then that is something that I will obviously have a high standard on you, you must have and maybe maybe for you chime in as well Marcus mm. like you must have already known there must have been a seed about owning a gym. Was it at that point or was it still like from the beginning where you guys like, oh, maybe one day we'll, we'll own something or like did either of you had that at that stage or was it? So I had, I had had conversations with Tomo before I'd left and then probably when I came back from Melbourne too, around the idea of maybe going in with him to increase the capital and therefore, you know, make it bigger or better or however that would look. Uh, and, but we'd have the conversation and then it would sort of drift away and it never, nothing ever came to be. There was never any really serious talk of it. Yeah. Uh, and then the first memory I actually remember is actually I was in Mexico. Yeah, no, no, it, this was, yeah. Yeah, so we talked a few times whilst I was still on the yachts and then I finally finished my last yacht. And I was in Mexico for a couple of months and Marcus called me pretty much out of the, well, I think it was Tom who messaged, didn't he? Messaged a bunch of people, uh, a few of no, us. No, I think it was before that. I don't know. I don't know where this conversation grew from, but there was definitely a conversation when Dom said it was in Mexico, and I was at Mum and Dad's house. I remember specifically, and we just got on this, this roll of like, hey, we can like, yeah, we'll just buy the gym. We can do this, 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 this. I've just come back from Torian Pro. I went and trained at Cara Webb's gym, and it was awesome. Like she had this, this, this. Like we could totally do that. Isn't like, and it kind of grew from there. Then the message came out from Tom and hey, like, what he said is basically he needs to move away. For whatever reasons, the personal, to, personal to him, well, we won't go into that. Um, yeah, see, see, just put some feelers out there, and then immediately, well, at the time, I was boozed up out of my mind in Germany. <laughs> Don was, I don't know, I don't know where he was, but he was, I just said, look, mate, I'm in no state to talk about this right now, but we've had the conversation before. Cairns must have talked soon. Send, yeah. carried on partying. Came back to New Zealand, then it sort of grew from there. Is that right? Basically, yeah, it's pretty much the same time I remember it. Yeah, yeah. I think we. Uh, my memory, I think, was got the message. I messaged you. Are you in? 
Yeah, so let's yeah, do it. Yeah, let's do it. I, I think at the time, actually, when, I, when we called in Mexico, I actually wasn't sure when I was going to come home. And I was oh, still, I was yeah, like, possib- there was two possibilities, actually. There's possibly coming back here, or there's possibly actually going to Argentina, <laughs> of yeah. all things. Yeah. And my thought was, if I can get a, um, a Spanish and English coach there. No, that's right. Yeah, you were like, like... And I was actually asking, as a plan B, would you consider coming for six months? coming out here and helping me set it up and then go from there. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I went to back to Miami and worked for a little bit longer and I think I made a decision during that point that I was going to come back. And so then the, I think then our conversation properly started as to, mm. okay, so how would it work? The finer details when, of things. When would you be able to provide the capital or sort of stuff? Yeah. All, the, all the more slightly finer details. Yeah. Uh, before we talk into like the gym itself, the last little thing I want to pick up on, you said that when you were on the boat, boats, people would ask you or jump into a training mm. session. Yeah. And what I'm picking up on is you both had this kind of archetype of kind of leading people in like either formally or less formally in, in workouts, in mm. training, in the physical stuff. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people think about, they want to, you know, have a cafe or own or create something and um what we often see is like the people who end up doing well it's like when you look under the hood there's like five ten more years of where you're kind of doing the thing in a little didn't realize like, you're building the yeah skills like you're, experience, yeah. I guess. you're not paying tax and signing sure. people up but working for someone else almost yeah but people are coming to you forward but like there's a there's a magnet sort of happening where people are like hey a trend I guess can, you, well. yeah, yeah. can you help me with my training or what are you doing or yep. they're interested mm. um, how much of a how much confidence did you have in your ability to do that to lead people obviously it was your full time thing yeah before you were like oh we could own a gym does that make sense like yeah you know, I know what you mean were you like, like consciously like we can do this easy like look at what we're doing already or was it like I guess bit. with the military, when people come to us, or for me anyway, for PT, it's either because they've been told to, or um, they've come off their own back knowing that the service is going to be provided, so they've chosen to go. It's not like, hey, let's start a gym, people will just come to us. Like, yeah. On a base, for example, there's just plotted PT, and then people, if they don't show up, it's not, it's not our problem. Like we don't, I don't personally lose any money out of it. That's been a bit of a like a mentality shift. Like if people don't come, it's like oh okay, we need to do something. Yeah. That's and that's maybe where the confidence knock, not the confidence knock, but maybe confidence had to grow in that area as such. So I wasn't wouldn't say that there's been like, yeah, I'm super confident. Let's go start. People are going to show up regardless. We definitely have to like try and build on that, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And you, I mean, you already. You already had people asking you about training, that sort of thing. So did you have a, there was obviously a, a deeper sort of knowing that it was possible, you could create something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well. I, yeah, I, I've been coaching here, so, so Marcus and, and to, to a very small extent, helping Tom out for bits and pieces, wherever, you know, taking private sessions or organizing little, little bits of like kind of ad hoc, not day-to-day stuff. Uh, I think my confidence in him is probably higher than his is in him. Yeah. Um, because when we had the opportunity, I thought, right, well, I know I can do the business side. Yeah. Sure, I'm going to learn some stuff that I don't know. That's, that's, that's a given. But um, I know I have, and I made the effort, kind of when I had that, those first thoughts at the beginning of, was it last year, wasn't it? It was sort of yeah. very early last year. Once we had that shift of, okay, this is definitely a possibility, the offer has kind of gone out there. And then every visit to a different gym, I made an effort of talking to the owner or the head coach and asking what was like the one that what if you could just pick one thing that you've learned in the last year or two what would it be and to an extent of actually taking some of them out for dinners and yeah with like a page full of questions yeah uh, and some of them I still talk to now uh, there's a friend in Wellington a friend in Miami a few people that I will still message including you yeah um, for that matter you know and I'll, I'm very quick to get someone get a second third and fourth Reach opinion yeah. yeah so my confidence was I know enough or I know enough people to help me yeah. that I can do the business side of things. Yeah. And my confidence is hit in him is extremely high in terms of his knowledge around fitness programming, coaching, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So if it's been me by myself, well, I would have thought twice, three times and probably would have backed down from it, if I'm honest. But since it's yeah. the thing as we had both of us, yeah. it was a lot more of a, cool, well, we're going together. Yeah. You know, the two things stake. I really like there is one is identifying 
like having that awareness around not your weakness but the thing that, that the other person can bring to the table definitely we identified that quite early actually yeah yeah like yeah very early yeah yeah and then yeah. just split it up yeah and, and then the other thing was that your your willingness to ask and also research as you went because mm. like if you want to open something in two years from now there's a lot you can do, do between now. now and the two years yeah. mm. that's going to make that spot a lot better when you get there um Marcus, talk to us about your programming, your um, competing, like yeah. a little bit of your background as an athlete, what you do, because you guys have some weapons here, and I'm sure you've you know, played a part in some of that as well. Yeah, so we'll go back to the start. So I used to play rugby, got knocked out too many times, like three times in a year. Yeah. And I'm not talking like a little bit of a headache, like proper, okay. yeah, proper not okay, like a bit of a vegetable for six weeks type thing. Yeah. It's, so had, some, it's had some lasting effect. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> quickly, no, seriously, is that, um, is that accumulative? Did you feel the third time? Oh, they were worse. Yeah, they got progressively and worse. It, and it, the first one, like it kind of adds in a little bit, like you wouldn't want to get a fifth one. Oh, no, no. So, I mean, it's to the point now, if I knock my head, I, if I, and I will more than likely get a headache and have to yeah, try to jag, jag the day in. Jag the day in. So the example is like, you know when you open the boot of your car and that little tray thing comes up to? I hit my head on one of those once and I, I couldn't drive. So this is not cool anymore. I oh, mind you, I was in a bit of a rush. I hit it pretty hard, but regardless, I mean. Back to rugby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the original question. So yeah, if you used to play rugby and then CrossFit and sort of this functional training was a bit of a side gig to that. And then I actually just found I enjoyed it more. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Trained by myself, dropped into a couple of gyms. How old were you? I'm 26, almost 27. And then? Uh, so I played semi-pro rugby in Ireland in 19. Wow. Yeah. Half a season back here and I was 20. Yeah. Jagged it in. So oh, we'll, we'll jag, just cut, cut, cut it, it, cut it there, yeah, and said no. So, and then I found a coach, which was actually Tomo, so that's how we, I knew him, yeah. who used to own this place. Found a coach, so, and he programmed me for a good three and a bit years, three and a bit years, so I learned a lot from him, and I could understand his mentality of like what we were trying to do at the time, which was really cool. So the aim was just get a big squat, get really good at gymnastics, and then because I was in Blenheim doing a lot of running, I had quite a good like aerobic base. Yeah. So that's how we kind of tried to fit the pieces. Like programming is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle. You gotta try and fit the pieces together to have an outcome as such. So did that and then it got to a point where it was like, I think we need to move on from each other in terms of programming and stuff. We're still mates and stuff, which is all good. And I was like, yeah, all good, like three days. And then ever since then, I've been kind of doing it, doing it on my own, playing with stuff. So I guess the philosophy is like, you've got strengths, you can't ignore them. So if you make your strengths better, you're gonna be a weapon in that part and then bring your weaknesses up at the same time, but you can't always do it like that. Um, so phases, we'll go back to a phase, and you'll remember this real real vividly, Dom. We went, so I went to nationals in the very first one, I think, in 20, I was 21, 22 at the time. I think I might've been 80 kilos dripping wet. So this is, when you say nationals, just the people listening, this is? Like New Zealand nationals. New Zealand nationals, CrossFit. Yeah. 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 yeah, so qualified for that. That's effectively, like if you lived in Australia at that time, that was regionals, one of the regionals. No, it was. It wasn't no, official. Oh, okay. It wasn't official CrossFit event because yeah. we only had Australia. Yeah, I was going to say. But it was the biggest comp in New Zealand. Okay. In terms of, it was the widest catchment area, I guess. And yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, qualified yeah. to get there and that sort of thing. So privately run. Yes. Like yeah. some box ran it. Uh, no, no, one guy ran it who owns a box and stuff. But yeah. he ran it and labelled it New Zealand Nationals. Oh, I'm not sure if he copyrighted it or not. Yeah. But anyway, went to that comp, was fit as, but got tuned by a heavy barbell like just it, fl it floored me so and then going back in terms of you got to get really good at strength but bring your other stuff at the same time you can't always do it at the same time so you have to focus on one thing so after that we just focused on getting bigger and weightlifting and it was awesome yeah it was the best <laughs> was six months of my the life games the, era. yeah yeah this is when i would eat everything that wasn't nailed down i so wouldn't do much cardio to close to 90 in yeah. six months yeah um so I'd bodybuild in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, weightlifting in the afternoon, Monday, Wednesday, and then sort of strongman, awkward stuff on a Friday afternoon. Tuesday was something aerobic, something long, long and boring, kind of like a night with me. <laughs> Saturday was my one CrossFit session, and then I Thursday. I short and boring. But then. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday was sort of day off. Yeah. Sunday was a day off. And it really, it, it worked. I remember 
um, so my power clean was like a 120 power clean, which was like semi-decent at the time, but not enough to be super competitive. I went to a 150. Oh, yeah. It's like a 30 kilo jump in a power clean. Uh, snatch went from only 10 kilos on a snatch. Full clean 150, clean and jerk 145. Jerked it off the rack a couple of times. Put, I think, 10 kilos on my back squat. Front squat 165 or something like that. Wow. So that's where the, yeah, so in my mind, in terms of programming and stuff, you've got to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And same with my fiance, who she wanted to get better. I was like, cool, you need to get better on a barbell. So she went and joined a weightlifting club for six months. Mm. Now she comes back and weightlifting's bloody good. Yeah, she got really good. unfit, yeah. super unfit, but I mean, really now she's got her fitness the, back, yeah. she can lift. And that comes back so much faster as well. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. That confidence too under the complex movement. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to build the running back, but hard to build snatch technique. Yeah, I guess, and that, what you're saying there is true to some people. I mean, I've done a bit of research, and based on some people's, and I, I want to say like genetic makeup or whatever, but I get really strong really quick. Yeah. So six months put on all this weight. For, say, Dom, for example, probably Try not going to get the same. Try six years. Not going to have no, the I'm same the effect of it. You go work your ass off and get a little bit of strength. Yeah, and, and I guess like that's really, really, it's like, person-centric, if that makes sense. So you can't, what worked for me in that six months won't necessarily work for Dom, so it would just take him a little bit more time. Yeah. The opposite is though, I have to do fitness all the time, whereas Dom can maintain a good, reasonable level of fitness. If we take Dom on a row, for example, he could, he'd, I could spend six months on a row and probably wouldn't come near him in a 2K week. Mm. Put me on a barbell for six months, I'll, I'd dare I say it, I'd, the gains would be bigger. Yeah. But it's just, Definitely. so in terms of like programming philosophy, you've got to, work in one area but find what works for you if that makes sense so, yeah so did you do you did new zealand nationals did you yeah. do any other comps at the time yeah so then i did one that doesn't exist anymore uh called pound for pound yeah. so i joined the, the big boys club it was called the 90 kilo plus um didn't oh i did all right in there i came fourth so so that was all about the pound for pound is all about the percentage of your body weight yeah so everything was based off percentages as opposed Straight to lifts having or was it, or oh it's, no, no, it's no, workouts it's but if yeah, there was a weighted part of it it would be normally based on yeah. Your like entry level or so your start of your competition weight, for example, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So you'd have like a fifteen hundred meter row, ten cleaner jerks at hundred percent of your body weight. Yeah. And then deadlifts at hundred and fifty percent of your body weight or something. Yeah. So then what you weighed in that and it was it was bracketed. So if you were like ninety to ninety five it'd be this set. Ninety five to hundred would be set at that. Yeah. Uh, something like that. I'm not I think that's what it was because I wasn't too concerned about anyone else at the time. Yeah, yeah, so I wasn't yeah. like, Oh, what do you weigh? Like, Whatever. So, uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, that was your competition background, this place that we're sitting like, there's one, two, three, four, well there's two, there's two regionals for 2019 championship. Yeah, so there's sanctional one boards now, yeah, and there's right. a team one up, up on the top, I don't know if you've seen that one, that's a semi-new one that we might have, we first slapped up since you've probably been in here last. Yeah, so if you're listening, basically there's heaps of these, um, Name what, boards. What are they called? Name boards. Name, name boards, boards? Name, name boards, not name very boards. complex sort of terminology. Nice and simple. Yeah, like name boards where if you go to, it used to be go to the regionals or games or whatever, you had a name board that was like massive or whatever. Um, but what I'm getting at, the question is like, there's obviously a lot of competitive history yeah. or, or this drive to really, it's not just like a little bit of fitness, there's like people pushing the limits a little bit. How do you, is that still present in what you guys do? Um, talk to me a little bit about that, like as a gym, as a culture, like what the competition side brings, the value in it, that sort of thing. That's really good. So yes, there's a couple of names up, like my name's up there once, the, the two other coaches, their name up there a couple of times, you know. Um, so there is some like competitiveness in the gym and some very, very fit individuals. And I mean, us as a team, we've gone to nationals and gone fourth, fifth in the last two years. The year before that, I think we come seventh or eighth. Yeah. So in terms of, we've got some very fit individuals where they, you know, individually they do really well and then come together as a team, super good too. We understand that not everyone wants to be competitive. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when people come, they almost get turned off sometimes. Like, holy shit, like, people in here are super, super mega fit. I need to be fit to come here. It's like, no, you don't. Like, like CrossFit's beautiful because you can just infinitely scale back from that. Yeah. So it's sounding like having gone through that teaches you the programming, 
the way of training at a level that you couldn't get if you didn't go through competition. And you also can apply the knowledge that you've gotten, the experience that you've gotten to help people who are just starting out as well. Yeah. Because what you see is a lot of gyms, I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of gyms, a lot of places pop up and they talk about fitness, they talk about these things. But it was kind of like us at workshop. We never went to any regionals or anything mm. like that. So we couldn't really, if somebody, if somebody wanted to talk that talk, we mm. couldn't do it. We just like, no. It's you can't speak from experience. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. So, right. Us, saying. so what I'm getting at is it's almost like your experience has built a language for you to talk about or share or insights that a lot of places just wouldn't have or doesn't exist. I would say um, there's pockets of it. There's definitely pockets of it. So on the North Shore, there's a, another gym up the road where they've, got a, they've had a couple of people go to these. You know, they've got a couple of these as well. Um, gym in Christchurch has got heaps of them. Uh, they're just, I don't know what they're doing down there. They're, pretty, they're a real interesting bunch. Doing some good stuff down there. It's cool to see. Um, but yeah, so we can kind of bridge the gap a little bit. So if people do come in here and they want to be competitive, yeah, I 100% believe that what we're putting out in the program will get them there. Yeah. For example, my fiancée, she's just qualified, qualified for Asia Champs and she's doing the class program with some extras thrown in there. Yeah. But it's all just class but programming. But 80% of it is class yeah. programming. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the philosophy is program for the best, scale for the rest, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's exactly how it should be. I yeah. think there was a period, um, you know, a year or two ago, maybe three, that the programming changed a little bit for, for class in terms of it was built for class as opposed to those that were mm. pushed a bit further. Mm -hmm. um, so I think definitely one of the things we talked about probably earlier this, early this yeah, year, we did the start this year, it, but yeah. end of last year, was we need, you know, that programming needs to be challenging for the people that have the nameplates yeah. you know, and those that want to work towards the nameplate um, because if you don't program for it, you're never going to yeah. get there. You know? yeah. So I think that's kind of a big part of the philosophy is yeah, it's completely scalable, and you can regress and progress, you know, any number of movements. But the overall goal needs to be pretty high. So it gives someone the potential to be with you for four, five, six years, ten years, hundred percent, and not really like kind of plateau and finish. Shouldn't get stale. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, we've definitely had some PBs in the last month. Yeah, so we, we just did finished some testing week. Yeah, yeah, um, had a couple of back squat PBs. Clean and jerk PBs, snatch PBs. I mean, one of our members keeps PBing every week. It's like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? It's like, what, what are you going to do now? What are you in here to try and PB? And I think that's expectation management too. In that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that it doesn't, doesn't last forever. No. And, and they you know, the, the higher up you get, the longer it takes to get those incremental yeah. gains, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the overlap between, you talked about like having a clean gym. Um, still staying on the training, on the methodology, on the kind of way that the gym runs, and things that you learned from Air Force or Navy in terms of uh, systems or, you know, ways of doing things. Like, I look around, everything's tidy, it's clean, like, I know that's kind of surface level, but is there anything else that when you went, you think is maybe an edge or a little bit of experience that you could share that's been helpful from your main job, so to speak? Oh man, class taking for me, like, that's the way the overlap is. So at work, they'll teach us to like, this is how you take class, these are the principles of instruction to make it really, really good for people. So I come in here and do the exact same thing. I'll be a little slightly different, tailored, tailored towards the group yeah. each time. What sort of things does that include? Is that like how you talk to people, like music, like what does that, what does that mean? Um, or is the structure like what do you the structure is completely different yeah. so in here people because they sign up to a inverted commas crossfit gym so I would we teach clean and jerks and snatches and high skill lifts at work I don't yeah, very basic very circuity type I'll still like mix up the time intervals and yeah. tempos and stuff but here is a lot more skilled and a lot more wordy yeah there it's very very basic yeah not to say there's the basic classes are basic and i don't try and come up with new stuff yeah it's just that the the, the appetite of there's what they're the after need. is and not the not same the yeah yeah i get that um anything that you brought in in terms of kind of bringing value across from your other experience 
Yeah, I think a, a, a few things for me is um, around convenience and communication. So convenience in terms of even just things like layout of the gym. Things have to be mm. easy to get to, easy to find, easy to see, and easy for 10 to 20 people to put away all at once. So, you know, we, you know there used to be, as I'm sure you saw when you came here last, for those that can't see, there used to be a mezzanine floor in one corner of the gym. Um, it, wasn't, it basically had a, a shed underneath it where we kept everything. It looked mm. really, really neat, and it kept the gym the floor, floor looking awesome. Years. Um, but it became an absolute bottleneck, mm. start and end of every component of class, mm. and actually slowed everything right down. So we actually got rid of it, opened up the floor space a little bit more, and then we condensed pretty much everything that fit in there, almost, into a now two-foot-wide wall rack. Yeah. Um, or two-foot-deep, I should say, wall rack. So just those sorts of little things, which I think go a long way for class taking to start with and also just the appearance of the gym as well yeah. uh, and then communication wise I think we are used to in the military of um, either you know an email goes out or direction is given and everyone's like yeah cool follow that that's my direction because yeah. that's what I've been told to do yeah. here is not the same and, and we know it's not the same I mean what you kind of you should expect it not to be the same what do you mean by that? Uh, in terms of, you know, people come in, this is their, this is like, well, what we want it to be is the best hour of their day, right? When yeah. ask, and I've definitely stolen that from a few other people. Um, but when they come in, I, you know, we, they don't get yelled at from the second they walk in the door. They get greeted and they hang out with people that they always see at class and they have often lots to catch up on. Yeah. And then they read the workout and there's more gossiping about what they're going to do next and how we're going to sort that out. Uh, and so there's just that balance between, all right, listen up come on like we've yeah. got to go now we only have an hour yeah. and then there's okay I need to let them just enjoy these next couple mm. minutes because yeah. they're not here to be they're not, they're not here for a military circus class yeah. so, so there which is, is that completely different yeah, yeah, yeah. there's less shouty more talky yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the communication not do, you, only, do you feel like you've got like almost a bilingual ability to, to kind of like yeah, bring, bring I order think so. and then also like oh actually kind of like dial it down a little bit to, to bring uh, community, I guess. Definitely, mm. yeah. You've got to play both sides sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the things that new coaches perhaps struggle with to start with is they, they come in and they kind of read the whiteboard and they have great technical knowledge and they know what cues to use but they don't necessarily know how, that, how they can use their tone or... Um, I'm going to say power of command now. It's a terrible military term, but basically their presence in the room yeah. in order to get things done a little bit faster. Yeah. You know? Or even just, even just things like using the clock in between components. Yeah. Okay, you've got two minutes or you've got 30 seconds to pair up. Yeah. Whereas I think the average coach, sorry, the average, the average sort of gym or a PT probably doesn't put that many timings on something. Yeah, I, I, like fi- I find that we get a bit more done. Yeah. If you're like, cool, that's a good team of three, you've got 20 seconds, go. And they're like, oh, whereas yeah. normally they like wander around, oh, who are you going with? Yeah. Who are you going yeah. with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just cool. outside of the gym, we often find we put up a, a lot of communication through our members only Facebook page. And I would say it probably, people will always read it and like it, and there's some comments, that sort of stuff. But three days later, you come in and people are here at the wrong time, or they've oh, forgotten yeah. completely. Or Which, uh, like, like when we changed the timetable, people was like, it's going to start on the 3rd of March. Second of third of Feb, third of Feb, whatever day it was. Third of Feb, yeah. And then you had some people showing up at like half an hour after class had started, not realising they just hadn't read the date properly. Yeah. And we had, you know, this is four or five announcements right up until the Sunday night before that Monday. Yeah. So it's it's hilarious about yeah. what people do and don't pick up. Different context. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. Um, okay, what's been? Let's go, Marcus first. What's been one of the biggest challenges going from athlete to owner? And if you're listening, reminder that these guys both have full-time jobs as well. So the other work hasn't stopped or slowed down. Um, what's been the biggest challenge for you the last 12 months when you pulled the trigger on you know, setting up this place for yourself, owning it? So athlete to owner is the back end of the business. So accounting, GST, um, cash flow, how much work's involved following up on leads, um, social media, marketing, all of that background stuff. On the floor is easy. You can run a class, but you know, you can run a class, you can provide a good experience, you can fist bump high five, put a good work to get, like workout together, 
you know, you can facilitate an easy hour of the day. Well, when I say easy, you can facilitate an hour of the day. It's, you know, I could read a whiteboard now and be like, yeah, cool, we're doing yeah. that. I can, you know, there's a, white, there's a workout left up on the whiteboard. You can go and run that, no problem. Yeah. The delivery. The delivery of the, the delivery of the product. Yeah. I guess. The back end is where I'm like, oh man, I've got to keep the receipt. Like, scan it into zero. Um, yeah, what else does that mean? Okay, we've got to organise t-shirts for the coaches for the new design, all this, like, all the little things of like, there's actually a lot more to do than just run a class now, which is what we used to do. Or show up and just do the fitness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's more like, oh shit, like, are the bills paid? Yeah. All that, yeah, all those little things, like. And yeah, and the cleanliness, like, are the cobwebs up? Very clean, yeah. yeah. All the little things that actually matter. Yeah. What about you, Dom? I'm surprised you didn't say dealing with me all the time. Oh, I'm dealing <laughs> with Dom. It's not, it's not easy sometimes. Uh, yeah, very similar in terms of the little bits and pieces. Uh, I came in what I thought was eyes wide open in terms of, right, I've got accounting software, I know how to use it, I know roughly how cash flow profit tax works. You know, I've got a friend that's an accountant, so again, just leveraging, leveraging off those people that you, you can ask those, those questions too um, but certainly it is all the tiny little bits like dealing with the neighbours for parking and what happens when the recycling bin doesn't go or like where's my recycling bin gone it's disappeared or, or spark <laughs> bills you three times the amount that uh, which they show you know or, or, or you know you get wifi and, shots back you know we, so we decided I this might be interesting for people that um, are thinking about it we decided for the first 12 months that we wouldn't take money from the gym yeah. we didn't put any so we put our own capital in to buy it yeah. and we don't add anything to that we don't use our money for anything business related but we also don't take anything out of the account yeah. yet we yeah. decided at 12 months we just go buy we'll see how we go yeah. and from then then we can make a plan as to yeah. how that looks um, so with that in mind when the one, the one thing we did decide was okay we'll get um, business funds get a new phone each nice little signing bonus almost and so we got that and then Wi-Fi for the gym which enables speakers Wi-Fi what sort of stuff so it was yeah. a necessary expense we got that Got we had it for about three months, and the, um, not to slag off Spark too much, uh, but you know the bill was wrong pretty much every month. And we got to December. We had just had Christmas. I think it was twenty seventh, and Marcus calls me and he's like eighteen hundred dollars just left our account for the Spark bill. I was like, oh, I've just been through this. I just queried the bill. They said it was wrong, and our rent's due on the second. Yeah. Now you're a small business three months into. You, you, t- uh, you know, that's, that's my cash flow right there. That's, yeah. you know, that's my operating expenses gone yeah. in one fell swoop. And so just to provide a bit of context, we're, we've been in here three days, six till six, knocking out a wall. <laughs> you say, like, patience was pretty low. Yeah. Thin to say the least. Wait All I wanted thin. to do was do a workout. All he wanted to do was, Clean. I don't know, do something <laughs> else. Something. And, then, and then, you know, Spark take out 90% of your operating yeah. um, budget. So... That was super frustrating, and knowing that you've got New Year's coming up, you know, banks closed, that refund is not going to get actioned, and, mon- and the rent's coming and out. The rent's coming out regardless. Second, which yeah. is also, I think it was like a Sunday, so, you know. So, just it's those little things. It's like, what do you do now? Yeah. Um, and there's no book that really teaches you to do that, or, or, how, or what you do in that case. Yeah. I was pretty adamant that none of our money would go in regardless, and it turns out it did work out just, just. By, by about $400 or something. <laughs> The bank account was fucking low for a while. Sorry, I probably shouldn't say that. But, oh, man. I can just tell he was looking at this. When's, when's it going to change? Update. And honestly, the, <laughs> just I routinely, routinely send the message to Dom now. It's, oh, mean, payday. <laughs> yeah, so it's those sort of like small little bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, I had another example which now left my head because I was too busy slagging off the bar, but... This, yeah, just a bunch of like random stuff that you're not, you know, and then the ropes break and then you need more chalk and then it's just the things that no one reminds you of. Mm. Um, and the amount of toilet roll you get through. Mm. Not to mention what's going on now, so let's not talk about the toilet True. roll shortage and countdown. Yeah. Um, or worse for those in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, I guess one question is how have, you, how have you dealt with for you, Marcus, how have you dealt with learning that back end, like learning the things? What's been your biggest asset to kind of grow into that, to sort of understand it? Like, not that it goes away, but to start to get a feel for it a little bit easier. So my biggest asset is him. Yeah. And I just learn from, from yeah. Dom. Dom will say, this has happened. Can you do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, oh, so that's how, 
I guess it's like, um, have you read the book, uh, The Inner Game of Tennis? And it turns about like teaches you about learning. So it's like organically just like learning. So that's how I dare I say it. I've learned organically from Dom. Yeah. And then put like the jigsaw piece, jigsaw piece. I'm getting dyslexic. The jigsaw pieces together. Yeah. Of how it all kind of like plugs into the, the wider working of the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And what about you? I just came up with one for my last question actually, which I really want to share. Challenge. I think, I think okay. it's important okay. that more specifically with regards to going from athlete to coach to owner yeah is those decisions that members come to you with that require almost like a policy but you haven't got a policy yet so for example we mm. had a few people before christmas yeah oh, i'm going away for christmas i want to put my membership on hold all right well do you do you pause your rent yeah probably not yeah. <laughs> do you want us to program for you whilst you're away on holiday because that's probably gonna be good for you right yeah and so and it was it, it just so happened that in a space of two days three people independently of each other all came up to me or marcus and asked can we? Can I? Can I pause for three weeks or four weeks or whatever it is? Yeah. And so, it was one of those quick scrambles. Right. What's our policy? I don't want to just do one and then change it next year and keep changing it. I like to make things future proof. Yeah. So, I, I think I think I asked two people and said, "What do you do for for holds?" One of them went, "Nothing over Christmas. Absolutely not." Blackout. Uh, and then we tried to be a little bit more flexible, given that. 50 plus percent of our membership is military affiliated in some way, either they're a spouse or they're actively serving. And so I try to be as flexible as possible because obviously they don't always get told they're going to go away. And it can be three months at a time, six months at a time. So we came up with a policy and that actually prompted now what I've just developed is a, I guess, a business SOPS, standard operating procedures. Yeah. And so we just wrote all the stuff down and gave it to Marcus and was like, tell me what I haven't covered tell me what you think I've gone too hard on or what everything else so I think that's probably the one of the biggest shifts was now I have to have all the answers mm-hmm. whereas before it was always a yeah let me just check I'll defer to the owner for this because this is yeah. you know whereas I'm like oh I am so you know the and Mark, Mark gets a question he looks at me I'm like uh, um, there's been a few of those give me a moment like, <laughs> yeah, hang on, we'll, good yeah. question well asked give me 24 hours and yeah. I think that's the best thing we've done is go just give me 24 hours. To, I don't want to rush and give you an answer and then perhaps backtrack it or then feel like I have to hold up to it, which is not I mean, that's super fair. valuable, just that giving yourself that space. Yeah. Like we even got a policy with us. If something comes to us, it's like we've agreed to say, now give us 24 hours. I think we said that to you as well once. Yeah, with the whole APA with thing. With the APA yeah, thing, we're right. saying, yeah, hey, yeah, like, hey yeah, yeah. give so, us till this day yeah. or give yeah, us some space and we talked about it and then came yeah. back to you as opposed yeah. to trying to rush into a decision. I think that's super valuable yeah, for anyone right. really that wants to... Yeah. And we decided that pretty early on, didn't we? That mm. and when, yeah, it, when it was things like when we were actually doing the go- negotiations for the purchase of the business, you know, I think it became a week in some cases. You know, we weren't in a huge rush. I was like, right, think about it. Let's go three days. Yeah. We'll both share our opinions on it. Yeah. We'll take another two, three days after that yeah. to consolidate what we've just learned from the other one. This is between me and Dom, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so the other party. This is between Dom and I. And yeah. then, then we'll go from there. Yeah. And so then, by really the seventh day, to, it's really easy to ramp yourself into because urgency can be really helpful sometimes. Definitely. Like, oh yeah. We love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need you need it for change. Like we need to generate it. But then sometimes, like those bigger decisions, that space just lets you understand if it's if it's actually right. You know what I mean. Mm. Interesting. Okay, cool. And uh, what's one of the coolest, biggest wins uh, that's either happened or you see coming as from from you know being on this journey rather than I guess just showing up to train? Yeah, good question. I mean, if I was to topic topicize it, top, subject subject whatever subject eyes, what's happened is opportunities. That's we've had heaps of opportunities of just different random things that have brought people in here or opportunities for us to go elsewhere. So we, actually under your advice, went to Lululemon, shouted the yoga class coffee afterwards. Did you do the yoga class? Yeah, yeah, yeah so I've been trying to go, I won't go for the next sort of month or so, and being just, away. Just so people, and you just got up at the end and were like, hey. Right at the beginning. Okay, cool. Right at the, right at the beginning, asked the, um, the store manager, hey, can I shout the class coffee? When you introduce it, you can either introduce it yourselves or I can stand up and say, hey, I'm such and such, we're, I'm going to show you one coffee, that sort of thing. And then from there, uh, we got invited to their men's event, literally their men's event, which is really cool for the gym. So we met other like-minded people within the community of men's. There was DJ Forbes, and he came in here. 
Um, yeah, and, and other people doing other wicked epic things like New Zealand weightlifters, for example. And then from that, Lululemon asked us to host their women's event, which was actually yesterday. Which and was then, awesome. Which was awesome. So then we had majority were ladies, I think there was probably like one dude that came in? Yes, off no. the top of my head? No, two? Oh, no, five. Five or six. Okay. When you, when you add in a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, that weren't members. Yeah. Only a handful of dudes came in. Most of them were ladies, which was awesome. Being it was International Women's Day. Yeah. So we How hosted that. 45, yeah. I think we counted. Close to 45 people. When you see this space, it's <laughs> yeah, 40, it's, 45 is huge. So we had like range. three different workouts. One of them was like out the door, and there was two in here. And that, so I guess, yeah, that's been a wicked win for us, was just the opportunities to get our name out there just through like $70 worth of coffees. Yeah. And I'm so grateful it wasn't raining. Oh, yeah, imagine. <laughs> if it had been raining, it would have been a whole different story. Oh, man. Everyone just would have, just would have been burpees for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's been good, hasn't it? Cool, so it's kind of like the network connections. Mm. Yeah, meeting heaps of, rent, heaps of different people, heaps of people hitting us up on socials to like, yeah, do you, do you want to try this product type thing? I'm like, yeah, cool. And then we dish it out to the coaches, tell us what you know, like, you know, we're, we're not just taking it all for ourselves, we're trying to feed it back into everyone, everyone else as well, yeah. which is really, really cool. Yeah. What about you, biggest uh, surprise or win or accomplishment so far? There's been a few, I think, in terms of I guess to preface that, I'm terrible at celebrating the wins. All I do is I walk in the gym and I think I, I just see things that need to be fixed. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the, definitely the, one of the greatest downsides of them becoming an owner is suddenly it becomes, don't get me wrong, I still love it here. And like, I come in here and I have great fun training and the community is awesome. But I definitely walk in as a space and go, okay, that's untidy. That needs to be, and that's probably oh, just yeah. me as a, as a person. Um, and I end up just walking around going, oh, I should really repaint that and everything else. But then, actually, we were, at, we were actually completely outside of the gym. I was at, um, just at a concert, and there was probably eight people there, and seven of them were members. Now the eighth one is a member, just by chance. They were all there, and one of the guys, actually it was Chris that was here before, um, one of the guys turned to me and goes, how cool is this? I was like, what do you mean, you guys? This is the gym. This is Sano right here. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. I, didn't really, I would never have gone, how cool is it that, the space that we have brought all these people together. Yeah. And they never yeah. would have met otherwise. So there's, you know, yeah, yeah. there's military, military spouses, there's yeah. a few that have tried a few different gyms and I think they've tried three gyms in the North Shore area. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've been here with us now for three, four years. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. It's definitely one of the, one of the best things and, and in the same sort of vein, um, when people hang out after, after the workout. Yeah. That's like my favorite yeah, time. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. You know, you've done something right when workout finishes but people hang around afterwards yeah like our, our last class finishes at 7.30 I've left at 8.30 before p.m. yeah sorry yeah. 8.30 p.m. Yeah. yeah yeah. so we do 5.30 class 6.30 people class people just hanging out talk. people just hang around sit on the mat stretch yeah. um, you know sometimes on a Friday we have some beers afterwards that yeah. sort of stuff um, or or they just go or they all whilst everyone's in the gym they'll organise everyone off go to, go to dinner it's yeah. not like a big planned event it's just Cool. Everyone's hungry. We're all starving. We're all sweaty. We smell horrible. Perfect. Let's go to town. Let's, let's go, go to burgers. Let's go to get burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably, I guess, they're very similar. But yeah. Certainly in terms of um, the the people we get to meet and the community that we get to help build. Yeah. Throughout the process. What's uh, almost wrapping it up? I think. What's What's something that sets you apart? Like, what is Sano? What does Sano mean if I was in here in around Takapuna area? Like, and, and obviously this doesn't go out like an ad or anything like that, but what do you guys see as different about the core difference about what you do relative to, say, a group training class that someone might go to somewhere else? How do you see it from your end? I think you learn here as well. You definitely learn. You, you come in oh, yeah. and you have a, a you know, High intensity sweaty workout, sure. I can go over the road to F45. Oh, I wasn't going to say it, but sure. Don't give them, don't give them that, that, that level of um, exposure. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I can go over there and I can go get sweaty for 40 minutes, definitely. Did I learn anything in that time? Probably mm, not. Maybe not. We don't know. Probably We've not. not 
gone up there. Well, I used to go all the time in Melbourne. Oh, okay. I used to work for Lululemon, so I got paid to go. Nice. Um, yeah, it was good workouts. It was cool. Yeah. Um, and I definitely appreciate the opportunity to train. But I feel like in here, you actually learn how to move a little bit better. Yeah. And, you know, when we put you through a workout, you get told how to best that experience for yourself. Yeah. So, and one thing that we've definitely been really hot on, and I think, and in fact, one of our intern coaches sort of brought up with me the other day was he really likes how we give you the why for a workout mm. every single session. Yeah. So, and, and it's very obvious because normally in the programming markets will refer to last Tuesday or whatever, or, or two weeks ago, we finished this block. Now we're moving on to this block. Yeah. The members are like, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's not just, I mean, definitely CrossFit is very like randomized programming. That's great. You know, yeah. the whole but to get yeah. better as Marcus was saying earlier on in, you have in this chat underlying patterns and yeah, oh yes yeah. 100% yeah. Yeah. yeah so he does it in blocks yeah. and, and you know it's, the workouts are always varied but the, the format I think you know certainly with the strength or skills people can see the why and yeah. even so much as you've got a um, you know let's say like a longer EMOM we're going to you cool we want you to set this amount of reps because you have to finish them this time because this is a consistent piece this is not for you to redline mm. not not be able to recover that's just that sort of different way of thinking about it yeah whereas if you just set someone and go max calories 40 seconds yeah oh but you've got to carry that on for 40 minutes after this yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. just those little bits and pieces i think mm. higher level of education yeah and i think just just higher level of 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 passion and detail for it yeah i'm not saying p- people out there aren't qualified like, yeah i've seen people with however many credentials after their name yeah. but are they letting people know that this is why they're doing that because yeah. certainly in this generation being the millennials for lack of a better term we want to know the why we, you know, it's, not, it's not enough anymore just to get it told it starts with why correct yeah, yeah, yeah. good slam and cynic and I guess but yeah just a snowball or piggyback on the back on of that, that. It's what's happening physiologically sometimes is quite interesting for people to find out yeah um, so for the example like we're trying to, when we're, we'll position someone for a snatch and they're sort of very upright but their shoulders are not forward of the bar. So you push your knees back, tip over it forward, you feel your hamstrings get lengthening. Yeah, cool. So what's kind of happening is you're now loading your hamstrings like a rubber band. If you let it go, you've got elastic energy. Man, now you can, you know you can apply force to a bar. Mm. I mean, very, very basic, basic. I'm not going into inertia and biomechanics, yeah, yeah. but it makes sense in their head. It's like, oh, rubber band. Yeah, yeah. Just little kind little of, things like that, I think, communication might... and the way to bridge the gap from like mm, 100%. a little bit of the higher end physiology or the physics um, that's going into the programming down to like how I could understand that as someone who's brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, awesome. What's something you're you guys are pumped about for 2020 or coming up this year? It'd be interesting. Like, it's good. Like, perspective hindsight's 2020. Good perspective shift. I mean, I sat here not too long ago, six years ago. I was like, man, where was I six months ago? And I'm excited to see where we'll be in a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, so what, what happens in that process, I'm super pumped for. Yeah. The end of the six months is what I'm, well, a year from now, is like, okay. Yeah. A year ago, we sat down with John, we talked about this, 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 like. Yeah. What that looks like. I'm yeah, excited yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah, cool. What about you, Don? I think just the process of getting better. Yeah. Uh, certainly in my mind like we've, in a very short space of time I think we've done a great deal you yeah. know not only just physically but systems wise um, coaching wise and happy to build that wider community as well yeah uh, so you know similar to how we program in terms of we want to build bring everything up but um, emphasise our strengths yeah I think we're doing that across the board yeah so we're naturally good at coaching and programming for example but we're also reaching out in the community more, yeah. getting more, um, you know, just the, a wider array of people coming in. Yeah. You know, we're gradually improving the processes, we're improving the building, improving the equipment, just all, just everything sort of everything. like the rising tide, mm. yeah. rising all boats sort of thing, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, reach us out, uh, reach out to us on the socials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, get involved. Come say hello. Yeah. Come say hello, if you're yeah. in Takapuna. I'll put the, I'll put your social stuff on the, notes yeah sounds good um, yeah I think that's it thanks for carving out the time appreciate it yeah thanks okay, for having thanks. us yeah. Cheers, brother. thanks brother the work that we've done around the the listening the empathy 
um, even pausing, you know, kind of all these elements, like they're invaluable. Um, and the fact that we get to practice them every day just means we keep getting better and we keep creating better relationships, better connections. Um, and I truly believe this is the reason, you know, why our business is thriving because it's something that no one else is doing. If you are creating a small business, you're building a business, or you have an idea for something that you want to create, that you really want to dive into, then the Access Potential Academy or the APA program might be something that you want to check out. It's a one-of-a-kind program. It's six months long. As you heard from Vic a little bit earlier, there's a big focus on what's called humanizing business. And understanding that it's not just about getting leads for sales, it's the step before that. It's communicating with your audience, the people that you really want to serve, the people you love to connect with. It's the ability to tell stories that resonate with these people. And all of this stuff allows you to execute on your marketing, to execute on your sales, to build something that's sustainable, that's profitable, that's fun, that really serves you as an owner as well. So if you're looking to level up as a business and as a human as well, send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com. The APA program kicks off in a couple of weeks, six months long. There's a group component, connect with other powerful business owners and creators, which is really, really cool. And then of course, there's the one-to-one individual business coaching component with me as well, where we work through the APA modules, the syllabus, the model as a backdrop and dive deep into your specific business, the stuff that you want to create and the change that you want to make. So if you're interested, send me an email, johnjohntmarsh.com. I'd love to hear what you're wanting to create, what you're up to, and we can take it from there. Make 2020 the year that you never forget. Thanks again for listening. See you in the next one.